Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. Hey friends, Harrison here, and I cannot believe it's been a few years since we started this podcast. One of the things that we get asked about a ton is what training plan should I follow? And so we've decided to develop our own and get it into an app that you can download. So if you're looking for a plan that's interactive, that you can not only see which miles to run, but which strength exercises to do and watch videos and be able to have a checklist system that will literally walk you through the plan and help you keep track of your progress, we've got you covered. Go ahead and click on the link in the description to get started. You're going to have a seven-day free trial. Give it a shot. Let us know what you think. And good luck. Have fun out there, guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hey everyone, so a while back there was a video that went out uh, from a YouTuber named Sam Reed and he ate nothing but Taco Bell for 30 days. It was awesome and you guys know, or maybe you don't know, I love Taco Bell. So I watched it and I thought, this guy is amazing and then found out he was a runner. One thing led to the next and sure enough, he's on the podcast. Here he is today and he's going to talk to us about not only that awesome video, but his experience doing the Krispy Kreme challenge, which is absolutely nuts just imagine eating 12 donuts through the course of a race so that's all i'm gonna say here it goes by the way my voice is a little robotic it comes down to my internet connection we're living with the in-laws and uh let's just say on my end you're gonna hear me sound like a robot a couple of times kind of annoying sorry about that but sam sounds great and he does most of the talking so here he is sam reed Sam, how's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? 
Oh, I'm doing great. Great to finally uh, finally meet you. Yes, thank <laughs> you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, are you in your uh, your studio where you make all your YouTube videos? Yes, sir. Yeah, coming at you live from uh, from the spare room in my house, aka the studio, <laughs> <laughs> with the brick wall in the background. Or do you? Ch- is it a green screen? Yeah, no, that's a uh, it's like a faux brick wall that I got from from Lowe's. So it's uh, it's real. You can touch it, but it's not actual brick. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hey, I want to give an intro to you and to uh, I guess me to you since since we're just now being acquainted. But um, Sam, your full name is Sam. You go by Sam or what? Yes, that's what right. You... OK, cool. And uh, you make YouTube videos, which is how I found you. Your infamous Taco Bell for 30 days I've into in a minute. But um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So my name is Sam Reed, and uh, I would describe myself as an aspiring YouTuber. So it's something that uh, I would like to do full time. But right now, it's just a a side hustle. And so, um, yeah, I work uh, full time at a a restaurant here in town. I live in in Lexington, Virginia. And uh, yeah, one of my hobbies and passions is is running and so that has been incorporated in a few of my videos um but I love to to do that as much as I can um you know outside of of work and and making youtube videos yeah well you you have a real talent for youtube and i'm not just saying that i uh, i'm somebody who I, I would rather sit on the on the computer or phone and watch youtube versus like watch a show so i, I watch sure. a lot of, of youtube and I think you do an awesome job. Your videos are super organized, but well delivered. So kudos to you. Thank you. That is very kind of you to say. Yeah. Hey, no problem. And the one that caught my eye, actually two of them. One was the uh, was the Taco Bell for 30 days. And the other <laughs> one was the Krispy Kreme challenge, which I want to get into, which has to do with running. Um, but but let's talk about Taco Bell for a second, because I've got a bone to pick with you. And that is... <laughs> You made a video and pointed out that your least favorite item from Taco Bell is the bean burrito. And Uh-oh. I just have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I, I will admit uh, those, you know, those ratings totally subjective based on my, my personal preference. I just feel like uh, with the all the options that there are at Taco Bell, it seems to me like the most, um, dare I say, bland sure, <laughs> sure. Um, thing on the menu. So that's that's why it doesn't really do it for me. But I, I totally respect that, you know, other people might feel differently. Yeah, no, it's a nostalgic item that, you know, some some kids grew up eating, including me. So, <laughs> um, but no, I, I love everything on the menu. My personal favorite is the, uh, the seasonal nacho fries, which I said yes. you talk about on the video. Yeah, absolutely. You got to eat those things quick. Otherwise, they, they get yeah. soggy pretty fast. <laughs> yes, yes. So what inspired you to make the Taco Bell for 30 days? If you could give us some background on that. Yeah, I mean, so I I grew up, I feel like every year in health class in like middle school had to watch Super Size Me uh, one, if not two times. And then whenever you had a substitute teacher, I feel like that was just, you know, the, old, <laughs> the VHS cart was wheeled out and they just threw on Super Size Me. So um, yeah, he drew huge inspiration from that. I feel like initially seeing it, um, it, it didn't feel like appalling to me. I, I know a lot of people watch it and they're like, Oh, it's so disgusting. In my mind, it was like, wow, like 
what a fun challenge. Like, I bet I could do something like that. Um, and I, I do, I like the idea of taking inspiration from something and then making it your own. And so I did want to see like, if I could marry that kind of excitement around the idea with this love I have for Taco Bell and kind of flip the script, right? Like super size me kind of sets out with the hypothesis that like fast food is killing us. And, um, I had read an article that listed Taco Bell among the healthiest, options when it comes to fast food. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well, if we all have this narrative that um, fast food is bad for you, it's just black and white, um, you know, I think it would be attention grabbing enough to say, hey, I'm going to do this uh, and try to improve my health while doing it. Um, and so that was kind of the challenge that that I set out with. And honestly, um, I, I went into it kind of with open hands, knowing that Hey, maybe this isn't going to come out the way that I'm hoping it will. Yeah, um, and and was very pleasantly surprised with with the results. Yeah, and I don't want to give anything away because I want the listeners to go watch the video. So um, sure, we'll have to put sure. a link to that video in the description of this podcast. But what I want to say that that video did for me because I, by the way, I'm a I'm a huge lover of Taco Bell, which is why I watched it. That was like my dream. I, I know there's tons of people who commented that this is my dream, <laughs> yeah. and I'm one of those people. I love Taco Bell. I don't know why it, I've, I've seen funny memes where it will say things like, you know, the only place on earth where you'll get, you know, a, a Corvette and a beat up car in the same drive through, you know, like yes. all of life that will go through the Taco Bell. Everybody loves Taco Bell. Um, you, you know, but what it did for me was it, I actually think it helped because, because one thing that I've struggled with and, and listeners of this podcast know this is is my diet you know i have a really hard time when i'm training for a marathon eating the right foods uh, and then when i'm off season eating the right foods and not gaining tons of weight so mm. um, it's really hard for me to to kind of nail down my diet and i think that that uh, mindset of something is good or bad and nothing in between is actually more harmful than than anything else because you know my previous association to taco bell before watching your video was if I'm going to go to Taco Bell, I'm going all out. I'm getting the nacho fries. <laughs> I'm getting the cheesy gordita crunch. I'm getting the nachos. I'm getting this and that, right? And then I'm getting the all the stuff. But now when I go to Taco Bell, having watched your video, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go get the protein bowl and That's maybe true. I'll get a bean burrito. Or, you know, I'm kind of looking at the macros, looking at the nutritional value, looking at the sodium count and kind of picking things that, hey, I don't need to order 17 things. I can just order one thing and be happy with it and still hit my nutritional goals, you know? So, so yeah. I, I think that's, that's a great way to look at eating food in general, whether it's Taco Bell or anything else. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like I learned a lot along the way where, um, you know, I think, I mean, obviously when it comes to running nutrition, very, very important. Like I I've noticed on my runs, um, like, you know, first mile, I'm dead tired. I'm like, Oh, you know what? I don't think I like ate enough last night or this morning or whatever it is. And so I feel like, um, yeah, it, it's obviously super important when it comes to running, but I, I appreciated just through the Taco Bell experience getting to, you know, talk to dietitians and, and I feel like walked away with a greater appreciation of, um, food as like, not just serving, you physically, but also like the mental health aspect of it. And I think that, um, yeah, I just, I think, especially in like the fitness community, um, we can like demonize food and it just becomes like a really stressful experience a lot of the time. And I think that, um, 
yeah, taking some of the stress out of that was, was one of the upsides of, of the experience for me. Yeah, for sure. And, and one other thing that I drew from your video, and then, and then we can move on from this, but I really liked when you kind of talked about there are a lot of rural areas in this country that don't have access to healthy foods. And so this kind of could serve as a reminder that they could look for healthier options. You know, they, they don't have to settle for the, the worst items on the menu. And, and if they do live in a, I don't know, what do they call it? A food desert? A or, food desert. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Then, then there, you know, there is a way around it, albeit not the most convenient or most <laughs> ideal, but you know, I, I think that's great to where, to raise that awareness. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that um, if anything, hopefully people can, can make, you know, informed decisions, but uh, maybe slightly less guilty decisions when it comes to that sort of thing. Sure. I've noticed a lot of your videos are centered on food, fast food. Yeah. Um, I love, I just watched your, uh, your uh, Waffle House challenge. I thought that was amazing. Um, <laughs> where do you, where did this come from? This idea of fast food or food in general to kind of incorporate into your YouTube videos? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think growing up, I was definitely like a big eater. Like my parents would refer to me as like the human garbage disposal, which I, I feel like, you know, a lot of like hungry teenage boys probably get that that moniker thrown at them. But um, yeah, I, I honestly look back to like days of high school cross country where um, after we'd finish a meet, we'd just go to CeCe's Pizza, which at the time, I think it was like $4 or something insane for like the all you can eat pizza buffet. Um, yeah. I don't know if they have CC's where you are or really, I think they're, they're closing down a lot of locations, but, uh, yeah, I just have grown up always being able to like put away a lot of food. I don't know if that's high metabolism or what. And I think it's, it's just a really fun thing because for the most part, anybody that you meet, you know, they're going to have a favorite food. Um, they're going to have like strong opinions about where to go or not to go. And so for me, it's just a really fun, like foot in the door, um, that, pretty much anybody can engage with no matter where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I find it super relatable. Well, I, I think that you're on your way to be like the next Mr. Beast, but who are some of your, <laughs> who are some of your favorite YouTubers? Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, I, I really like watching um, Ryan Trahan is a YouTuber. Another, he's a, a runner actually. So he, he does some running stuff as well. And then yeah, to throw it back a little bit, you know, watched Casey Neistat in his, you know, daily vlogging era. And um, yeah, even from like the early days of YouTube have watched Rhett and Link. Um, and I feel like there are elements of my, my videos, kind of the behind the desk format that um, borrows heavily from, from Rhett and Link. So I would say those, those are just a handful. I, I do I watch a lot of YouTube and, and get a lot of inspiration for it, but those are, are three that come to mind. Cool. I love it. Do you like Mr. Beast or is he kind of like the sellout? Of <laughs> no, I mean, he is, I think a genius in a lot of ways. I think that um, I, 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 what I like about Ryan Trahan, for example, is I think he um, has kind of flipped the script. Whereas Mr. Beast you look at for like, okay, how do you maximize X, Y, and Z? So this might be too in the weeds for people that aren't familiar with YouTube, but Mr. Beast has essentially uh, boiled everything down to a science of like, I know how to get the most people to watch the most amount of this video and everything is going to be centered around that. Um, and I really like how um, creators like Ryan Trahan um, will, will sometimes make choices that elevates the human aspect or the storytelling 
above the like retention at all costs. And so I think that's, um, that's a principle that I want to incorporate into my storytelling as well. That's cool. I like that. I want to talk a little bit about running, of course. That's why you're here. It's the marathon training for the yeah. podcast. So we this podcast. And really where it started. I don't really call myself a content creator, but I guess I, I fall into that category. Um, when I first started training, I was on these long runs and I'm the type of person where I can't run without sound in my ears. I have to have music or a podcast. And I started to look for podcasts and everything. I just couldn't relate to any of it. You know, it was all mm -hmm. stuff for either from people qualifying for Boston and running professionally or from people who've done it forever. And I really just wanted an outlet to be able to talk to people who weren't pros at it, who were maybe starting in their adult years. And so that's, that's really yeah. what we're trying to achieve here. And when I saw your videos, I couldn't help but relate because you kind of talk and you've referenced this in a couple of your videos of you kind of overdoing it in the marathon or <laughs> hitting the wall really hard. And, and so I wanted to kind of hear from you why one, why you started running and why you chose to run a marathon and then hear about your progress uh, since that time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to say, first of all, I, I relate to that uh, on a bunch of different levels. I feel like my experience with distance running, like road races, like marathons has been uh, kind of a comedy of errors in a lot of ways, which is is really funny. But I think more people probably experience that than, than are willing to admit um, a very yeah common experience. But I, I got started with running um, because, yeah, I think my older sister had run cross country. So when I got to middle school, just kind of joined the team and my heart was actually set on basketball. I really wanted to to be a college basketball player. Uh, I'm six four. And so it was like, you know, I feel like I, I had the the height for it, but was just terribly uncoordinated. <laughs> so uh, kind of a, a fun, fun, but sad fact I like to share about myself is that sixth, seventh, eighth and ninth grade tried out for the school basketball team and did not make it. Um, and so ninth grade was when I was in high school, I had the opportunity to run indoor track instead and found out that um, I was actually okay at it. I was pretty decent. And so, you know, 10th grade and, and onwards did not trial for basketball anymore. So running kind of became my thing. I was, um, I was, I was pretty decent at, um, at track, um, cross country. I was never, never exceptional at, but, um, ended up not, not pursuing that in college. I felt um, a little tired of, of the, the grind of everyday practice all year round and, um, took a little break from running. And then, um, yeah, midway through college just decided that I wanted to, to run a marathon and, uh, my experience with that, I, I ran the Raleigh. It was the, I don't know if they're still doing the rock and roll series in Raleigh, but that was the the first rock and roll marathon held in Raleigh. And um, yeah, I mean, my training was, I think I, I missed the longest run of the training. And mm -hmm. so marathon day was like 20 degrees hotter than anything I'd trained in. Um, they hadn't really figured out the course very well. So literally for like, four miles I was literally just like running on the highway like they just shut oh, down wow. the highway and it was just so so monotonous so I yeah I went out way too fast ended up stopping at at the medical tent about halfway through and they gave me you know just like Gatorade pumped with salt to replenish my 
my sodium and ended up like run walking um, most of the second half with just a stranger that was going about my pace and had a similar level of pain. So um, that was my first marathon experience. I, it was not what I wanted it to be. I thought it was going to be like a, I think I went in thinking like, man, I'm going to crush this thing. Like I'm not even going to walk through the water stations. Like I'm, I'm like, I don't even want to stop to go to the bathroom if I don't have to. And yeah. was just immediately humbled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, since then I've, I've done a, a few other marathons. Um, I had the, the privilege of doing, I won the New York city lottery, um, a few years ago and got to do that. Um, and I do feel like, yeah, to, to touch again on like the comedy of errors and, and kind of me as a beginner, um, a lot of marathons, or not a lot, I haven't done a lot of marathons, but a lot of my race experience has been starting out uh, way too fast, way too confident. And then just, yeah, just really slugging through the last few miles. So um, my most recent one, I was much more satisfied and really, really tried to just take it as slow as I could for the first half. And that turned out a lot better. I still have yet to complete a marathon without like, you know, taking some, some walking breaks. So that's still kind of on my list, but, uh, just so if anyone else is out there listening and feels like embarrassed about having to walk through marathons, uh, I would say you are not alone and you probably don't need to feel embarrassed about that because that is like an incredible feat to just cross the finish line at all. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I actually am a believer in, um, in a certain, I mean, some people do the, the walk around method purposefully, but I actually, so in my first race, I didn't I, I tried not to walk at all and then very similar to your first experience it just hit me like a ton of bricks and I was forced to and then in all my subsequent races I've purposefully walked through some of the uh, water stations to get a good drink in yeah. to really kind of gather myself and then I go right so I, tr I try to kind of walk through those stations and it really helps um, versus like you're trying to get water in it's falling all over your body and it's, <laughs> it's not actually getting in your mouth so <laughs> but yeah that's cool so you've done uh raleigh new york city have you done any other marathons or any other races yeah i did um i was living in massachusetts and so this sounds like if <laughs> if someone's hearing this i did a, a marathon on martha's vineyard which is like you know home home to the rich and famous but i just oh, yeah. you know did it for a quick quick day trip because it was just a couple hours from from where i lived uh at the time but that was my most recent. So those are the three official ones that I've done. Um, one time for a fundraiser, um, I was like helping to raise money for camp scholarships for this organization that I worked with. And I, um, on essentially like zero training, left my front door and ran 26.2 miles from my house to the finish line of the Boston Marathon. So that was like an unofficial marathon that I completed, but that too that's involved, cool. involved some significant walking. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's really cool. I lived in Boston too. What, uh, what drew you there? Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I was, I was in uh, grad school up on the North shore of Boston in Hamilton. So I lived uh, in a town called Beverly. And cool. so it, it worked out that it was a little under a marathon distance from uh, where I was living to downtown. And so uh, yeah. just took a couple detours to, to round out the 26.2. Nice. What, uh, what did you study in your grad program? Uh, actually, I got a master's of arts in religion. So it was a yeah, oh, cool. seminary degree that I, I completed after college. That's awesome. I, yeah. uh, I did my MBA at a school called Babson. I don't know if you heard of Babson when you were out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
it's a little tiny business school that not many people have heard of. So unless you live in Boston. That's amazing. Um, well, I have to ask you, did you ever go to the November project while you were living in Boston? Are you I familiar with that? Okay. No, no, no. Sure. Yeah, it's a group of it's like, um, I think they just call it a free fitness movement. And it, it, it takes the form of like a run club. So I think like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they, they just get together and like one day is like a long run one day is some sort of like fun workout. And then one day they do like stadium steps. And so um, I only went to one while I was living there, but they do you, you essentially you just run every step in, in the Harvard Stadium. Um, and I think it's it's spread to almost every state. They've got like little subgroups in, in different cities. So um, that's that's a, a fun thing I got to do while I was living in that area. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, my my running journey started after Boston. Oh, OK. Back to Arizona. It's really cool. That there, when you when you say the word Harvard and running in the same sentence, I uh, there's nothing more Boston in that sentence. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well that's cool so 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 recreational runner and then you got the crazy cool idea to do a youtube video about the Krispy cream challenge which had my mind blown the entire time <laughs> i couldn't wait to share it with everyone can you walk us through i don't want you to give everything away because we want sure. to watch that video too but can you give us a little background on the Krispy cream challenge yeah, no, it's from what I understand, started just as kind of a bet between some undergrads at NC State. Um, they happen to, to have a Krispy Kreme that's about two and a half miles from like the bell tower on their campus, which is kind of the most um, iconic piece of their their campus architecture. So these guys run the two and a half miles, eat a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts, run the two and a half miles back. And, you know, almost 20 years later, it's like a full-fledged road race with, you know, timing chips and numbers and, you know, race officials and everything. So it is um, the real deal. Like they shut the streets down, the police, you know, are, are blocking traffic and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, the whole thing is, is nuts. But to me, it's like, oh, two things that I love, you know, <laughs> food and and running and kind of this challenge format. And so it seemed like the perfect fit. And uh, yeah, got to go down there uh, this February and, and compete in it. And, um, was really fun. There, there are two, if anyone is, is curious, there are kind of two different ways that you can enter to do this. One is more of a casual one where you're not necessarily competing. And I think when you do that, you're allowed to take the donuts with you. So you can kind of walk and snack on your donuts and you don't even need to finish them by the time you cross the finish line. Um, and then the challenger category is where you, you have to show them your empty box before you can leave the Krispy Kreme (laughs) to head back. And that's, that's the, the type of, of entrance entry race entry that I did. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was really fun. I'm happy to, to share that, you know, it was, um, it was definitely challenging, but I, I, kind of went in based on my previous failures with marathons and other, other running races that I've done, uh, went in with the mentality that I wasn't going to push too hard on the first half and just really try to, to grit my teeth and, and run hard in the second half. And, um, that, that ended up working out pretty well. Some people recommend, uh, going in as fast as you can because they'd much rather run hard on an empty stomach than, you know, yeah. run hard on a, on a full stomach, which is valid. I think that, that, yeah. you know, that probably is an effective strategy as well. That's so funny. You know, Americans, we have this this reputation to the rest of the world of being just excessive with our food. And I, I, a fair <laughs> amount of our listeners are outside of the U.S. So they're listening to this saying, what? 
what is a Krispy yes. Kreme? What what is all so Krispy Kreme is a very famous donut shop here and they're amazing. Uh, I will say though they're lighter than like the average donut, right? They're like 200 calories a piece, I think. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. Well, I did try to, I went in with the mentality. I'm like, I'm not going to look up the calories because I don't want to psych myself up. Like I didn't want to know what the sugar content was going to be. Um, and then I, I'm like the publicity for the race ended up seeing that. I think it's like, I think it's somewhere around like 2,500 calories for a dozen donuts. So like more than, you know, the average, whatever caloric intake. <laughs> yeah. Eaten all day. Um, but yeah, it is, uh, it is pretty absurd. And I, I totally understand how someone who maybe doesn't know what Krispy Kreme is or lives outside of the U S would, uh, you know, maybe be repulsed by that, but it, it was a lot of fun. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it looked awesome. I couldn't, I couldn't believe you won could eat that many on a full stomach but your method of smashing them together and eating them like a like a hamburger was amazing um that's right so yeah i'm gonna have to try well, that. the other thing i was gonna say too is uh i think that was kind of a, a step away from um something that some some guys invited me to try in high school which was a burrito mile which um I had never heard of before, but kind of after we finished our senior season of track, a guy, a bunch of guys from several different schools got together. And um, the concept for that was we, we just ate an entire Chipotle burrito on the starting oh, line of the track. Um, so the, the clock starts when you unwrap the burrito. And then as soon as you finish, <laughs> you can start your mile. Um, and that one, I was, I was less successful at, at keeping things down, I guess, to, oh, to put it man. lightly. <laughs> you know uh, what? That sounds amazing. I mean, it sounds horribly painful, but also really fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's right up the alley of, of some, some knucklehead high school runners. So <laughs> yeah, well, I want to officially challenge you to a challenge that I've had in my, if you're ever out in Arizona, come on down or if I'm in, uh, in Virginia, I want to do a challenge where we eat one donut per mile, but the, but the, the, the competition is whoever can run the most miles. Oh, you know, one a mile. So, so 12 miles in, you're at a dozen, 13 miles in, you're at 13, et cetera. So, so you're officially challenged if, if we can ever get together. And I think that would make for an awesome YouTube video. <laughs> oh my goodness. Con consider that challenge accepted. That sounds incredible. I think you, I mean, I, I am intimidated by it, but I love the idea. That sounds incredible. You know, I think, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm a beginner marathon. I think we're probably very much in the same category from a completion time perspective, but I think you've got me beat on the eating part. So if, if whenever <laughs> this happens, I, I need a little bit of a advance notice so I can prepare my stomach. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's so. I in the in the Krispy Kreme video, I joked that to prep, I ate donuts, which like you know, <laughs> it's like so <laughs> ludicrous that eating donuts while you're preparing for a race is like helpful. But uh, I just thought that that was a funny idea. But if you oh, want to try it, uh, you know, I'd say go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's let's um let's kind of dive into your future running goals. What do you have anything on the, on the calendar? Are you the type of runner where you always have to have a race planned or do you kind of just take it as it comes? Yeah. I feel like the rhythm for me has been kind of, um, get getting through a race and then taking a break. And then usually uh, I kind of get the itch not too long after that. I feel like, um, I don't know if you've experienced this. Um, there's, 
a, a kind of a cycle that I find myself in where when I'm training for a race like a marathon, I'm like, this is going to be the best ever. I'm going to set a time that I can, you know, hang up the shoes. <laughs> I'm going to like, I'm yeah. going to do so well and I'll be satisfied. And then I, I, I kind of end up um, either doing, uh, you know, less training than I had hoped, or um, maybe the race day doesn't go quite like I thought. And so because of that, um, you know, I finish and I'm like, ah, never again. And then a few weeks later, I'm like, but maybe so very long winded <laughs> way of, of answering your question. Um, I don't have anything on the calendar right now. But um, I did I entered the the New York marathon lottery again this year and was not selected. So I may may try to find something um, in the fall to to train for. Um, I had an idea for a future future episode of, of the YouTube show that I would um, just just dip my toes in the water to see whether it'd be possible to hold a candle to any of my high school track times, which I, I kind of have mixed feelings about because there's an element where, Hey, as you get older, you know, your body changes and that's totally normal. And I, I think that that is like something that should be celebrated and recognized. Um, so I don't want to like injure myself on the one hand. Sure. Um, on the other hand, I'm like, man, what a what a exciting challenge to like set a new PR at age 29 or 30. Like, I think that that is something that'd be like, yeah, like, you know, a lot of people think like, you know, we peak in high school or college or whatever, and it's all downhill from there. So I, I would say that that's like an idea. I haven't quite said like, hey, I'm I'm 100% going to do this. But um, I have mixed feelings about it. Part of me is excited. And part of me is like, this sounds like a pretty bad idea. So I don't know if you have any reactions <laughs> to that. But <laughs> No, I, I do. I, I actually, I mean, you look at some of these pro runners who are in their thirties and even some of the female pro runners in their forties that are, or that are hitting new records. I, I think it's totally possible. I think running is the one sport and maybe there's more sports like ping pong or pickleball, or different things, but <laughs> like, I think running is one, especially endurance running where you can get better with age. I mean, up to a certain point, I think, I mean, there's a, I, yeah. I feel like I talk about him every episode, but there's a, a runner that I really admire named Ken Rideout. We had him on our podcast. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's, mm -hmm. he's 50 now, probably 51 or 52. And he, the, the way I heard about him was he had won the, I, I think it was the Myrtle beach marathon at age 50, like first place. Wow. And he's going out there and placing um, first place in his age group in all the world majors. And so anyways, I, I think someone like him, you know, probably is way faster now than he was in, high school and, and it's you know 30 years later 35 years later so it's yeah. pretty amazing no absolutely yeah I, I take inspiration from I don't know if you know Kira D'Amato yeah um, yeah so she I kind of uh was unaware of of her and my sister the one who you know kind of inspired me to get started with running um sent me some workout videos that that Kira had posted and they're on like my hometown high school track she you know is like living in um the, the town i grew up in and so have just been crazy inspired not only to you know obviously have the connection of like oh wow i've run on that track so many times but to be like wow you are crushing it um you know at an age where i think you know i i foolishly thought like oh, okay college athletics is kind of like the peak of of athleticism and i think kira's like just such a an inspiring counter example to that yeah for sure no, I, I love following um, all kinds of runners, you know, from the very, very best down to, 
you know, I guess there is not technically a worse, but everyone <laughs> in between, I, I love following just to see that everybody has a different motivation, a different story, a different reason to get out there. Yeah. So I guess that kind of leads me to, to a question. What keeps you out there running? You know, why do you do it? Yeah, I mean, I think most recently, I don't know if I would have been able to articulate this as a, definitely not as a high schooler and probably not even for my first few distance races. Um, but most recently, I've just really appreciated the the mental health benefits of of running. I feel like in, you know, like a culture where we are inundated with um sounds and you know things going on like I'm with you I I usually have stuff in my ears when I'm running um but I feel like um there's something about it and like breathing hard that getting the heart rate up that helps me um kind of get to this like state of mental clarity that I don't experience many other places and so um it really is like even if it's just like a mile or two it really is just like such a special place um, to, to go out and go for a run. Um, and then you not only like kind of have this like stillness where you're like not distracted by all these things while you're running, but then obviously like the runner's high, you have this, um, this feeling of achievement of satisfaction of like just how powerful our bodies are um, when you get back. I used to use Nike Run Club a lot. I don't so much anymore because I, I just use my Garmin watch, but um, you, you like post pictures and, and caption them. And um, almost every time I would just write in my caption, like glad I went. Like usually yeah. I, w I wasn't that motivated to get out there, but by the time I like got back, I was like, man, I'm really glad I went out on that run. And so I feel like um, for me, it's just like, such a, a net positive um, to get out there and, and run. Totally. Yeah. I, I love that. I love the mental um, wellness, I guess you can say from, from mm -hmm. running. Um, you know, one thing that you touched on about, you know, you, you, you have a hard time getting motivated to go out, but you're always glad when you're done. One thing I've learned recently myself, because I, I, for about two and a half, three years, I trained for marathons nonstop, ran them. And, and only recently, these past few months, have I actually taken time off um, because I'm doing a half Ironman in October. And, wow. um, and and so, but what I've learned about this experience is when you're not running consistently, you you do lose a fair, not, not so much, I mean, you do lose fitness, but you also lose kind of that mental motivation to get out there. It's yeah. create the habit of I'm going to run four or five days a week, six days a week or whatever it is that your schedule calls for. It, it, how much easier it is, even though you're going out, you're putting on the miles and, and, and it's a, you know, it's, it's a drain on you physically. It's almost easier when you're running because you just, the, the motivation is always there. It's, it's just like, it, it comes second nature. And the other thing is I love the feeling that uh, how easy it is to run long distances when you're training through it. And I think back to people who are, I don't like running. Uh, it's not for me. I tried it once, didn't like it. And in my head, I, I'm always thinking, of course, because it's hard, but your body adapts. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then you it feels like the superpower. It gets to this point where you just, you go out and you feel incredible because it, it just comes with this ease. And so that's one of the things that I love about running. And um, recently I'm kind of kicking myself. Well, I know it's important for me to take some time off and rest so I don't get burnt out. I'm kind of, man, I, I'm itching to get back to that point where it just comes so naturally, you know, when I'm putting on the miles. 
Yeah, no, there's something really incredible. And I know it's not all about time, but for people that, um, you know, have their app or their watch going and you like see a mile split where it didn't feel like that um, big of a, like a personal effort um, and you're feeling good and you're like, man, I like I ran a full minute, two minutes slower at this same effort like a month ago. Like it's just yeah, it's something that feels just really encouraging um, to to see that progress. Yeah, for sure. Well, Sam, this has been an awesome conversation. Uh, I, I again, I, I I think that you're doing a great thing on YouTube. Keep it up, please. I enjoy your videos. Um, where can listeners Thank go you. to find your YouTube channel and Instagram page? Yes. So on YouTube, uh, the channel is just Sam Reed. That's R-E-I-D. And then on Instagram, that's the name of the show, which is The Studio Review. And review is spelled R-E-V-U-E. Love it. Are you anywhere else? Anything else that you want to shout out? Any upcoming videos you want to promote? Uh, well, uh, this is exciting, actually. I'll give a little teaser here. So um, Taco Bell has actually invited me to come uh, visit their headquarters. And so I'm, I'm heading there uh, later later this weekend uh, to go visit the Taco Bell headquarters in California. So that will definitely be an episode coming out um, relatively soon. And I know that, um, you know, I don't want to offer unsolicited advice here but would love to if it's okay would love to share my favorite piece of running advice is that okay absolutely 100 percent. okay and again i know everybody's different everyone's training experience has been different this may be me preaching to myself uh based on <laughs> my past experience but <laughs> my favorite thing to tell people uh if they're getting started with running is to start slow and end slow on your runs um and here's why i like doing that on my runs i think that um, again, as I've mentioned several times, I have a, a bad track record with starting too fast. If you start slow, uh, way more motivating to feel good enough to pick up the pace as opposed to feeling dead <laughs> way too early in your run and then having to slow down even more. Um, and then I think when, in, when it comes to finishing slow, I've been on runs with people and there's kind of this natural inclination to like, oh, I'm going to kick at the end. Like I've got more in the tank. Um, my personal philosophy is that um, if I take the, the last little stretch of my run really slow and I finish the run feeling like I could I could probably do another mile, um, I don't, but that leaves me motivated to get out there the next day. Whereas hmm. if I finish my run kicking and just wheezing and maybe I get a headache because I push too hard, I am much less likely to get out there the next day because what's what's left in my mind is this like memory of, of that last little stretch yeah. where I push myself too hard. So th oh, that's, that. th that's what I like to do is to on, on long runs, start slow and end slow. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's great advice. Sure. Well, Sam, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining. This has been a lot of fun and uh, don't be a stranger again. If, if you're ever passing through Phoenix, give me a holler. We'll do our uh, donut challenge. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. All right. We'll be in touch. See ya. Okay. Bye-bye. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this running journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify, searching B-R-E-K-K. -K.